Hello, horror guys and gals, and welcome back to the We Love Horror Podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything and anything horror. I am Michael, and today I am joined by a dear friend and special guest, Ricky J. Duarte from the Rick or Treat Horrorcast. How are you, buddy? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I am good. Just just happy that I got your <laughs> got your intro good the first, the second time around. Took me I... it took me one, twice. I when I'm uh, recording my show, I've gotten the name of my show wrong so many times uh calling it the uh rick or treat horror show by mistake which is funny because uh, uh, the the podcast was nearly called uh the ricky horror podcast show but i didn't want to cease and desist from uh richard o'brien telling me i'm gonna sue you if you don't you know mm-hmm. this is pretty similar to rocky horror anyway uh rick or treat horror cast that's my show and i'm ricky j duarte hi everybody <laughs> I'm so happy to have you on. I'm so excited because this is the first time you've been on my podcast because I did go on yours uh, a couple months ago. We did Jason Takes Manhattan and that was like such a fun episode. So thank you again for having me on. It was a fun episode. It's one of the more popular downloads that I have so far. So thank you. Ooh, well, I'm glad to hear that. It, it was really fun and it was a blast and I'm I'm excited to do the episode that we are doing today. And with that being said, um, before we get into the episode, do you want to plug in your podcast really quick? Tell people where they can find you on social media and all that stuff. Oh, my God. I'd love to. Uh, Again, Rick or Treat Horror Cast. It's a weekly scary movie horror cast. Uh, Spooky and fun and funny. I have a different guest host every Friday. And sometimes we get into some like queer aspects of horror, but sometimes we don't. Uh, It's always a good time. I've got some pretty cool episodes lined up. My most recent was Dream Warriors with uh, Paige Joy and DeAndra Laser. They made the new Fred Heads uh, uh, fandom documentary, which is really great. And actually my coming episode this Friday is a ranking of all of the Scream movies. So today Michael and I are ranking the ghost faces, but in uh, in my episode, I'm going to have my guest host and I will be ranking our opinions of the films. So. Just Can't super wait. exciting. Also, really great episode, by the way. Your newest episode that you were just discussing. I really enjoyed it. So, Thanks. The feedback's been great. Those two guest yeah. hosts were absolutely remarkable. They were really wonderful. Yeah, like guest hosts can really change like the whole like dynamic of a conversation like i've been really lucky since i started my podcast i've never had anybody on my show where i have like i felt like the conversation wasn't good so it's it's good to have like that repertoire with people like that back and forth i used that word wrong but you know what i mean <laughs> no you didn't no uh, rapport maybe rapport that's well, the word thank you i said well, repertoire but i meant rapport 
neither yeah neither of us have like a, a consistent guest a co-host right so it's kind of like a yeah. new chemistry every single time that we record yeah and that's i think that's the fun of exactly that's the fun part about our podcast i think is that we just have like different dynamics every week depending on the person that we have on and it just i don't know i just feel like it kind of sets our podcast apart a little bit but yes i love your podcast everybody please go check out ricky's podcast rick or treat horror cast everywhere where you stream your podcast because you are fucking amazing my dude thanks so are you so thank are you. you thank you thank you i have um, to have you on soon we're gonna i'm gonna do like a month of animal attack movies and then followed by ooh. a month of like psychosexual thrillers i'm calling it psychosexual summer Ooh, I love that. We should do Cocaine Bear because I haven't seen that movie yet, but I would love to talk about it whenever I do see it. So I have some very strong opinions about that movie. <laughs> Sorry, my cat yeah. is fucking... Listen, everybody, this is my cat. You're going to have to get used to him because he's a mess when Aww. I record, but this is him. His name is Renfield. He's so cute. I Yesterday love was his birthday. He's five. Happy birthday, buddy. Yeah. So anyway. adorable. This is not the cat. <laughs> this is not the cat podcast. This is... <laughs> I mean, I f- fuck. I would like to love to do a podcast just about cats. I totally would too. <laughs> I was um, watching a, a Peter Cushing movie uh, from I think it was the seventies called The Uncanny, and it's literally an anthology horror film about killer cats. And it's on Screenbox, and I highly recommend as like a go to bed, fall asleep to a weird cat movie. Very interesting. There is another killer cat movie from like the 1980s and I can't remember what it's called right now. Uninvited or something. It's so wacko. Bonkers crazy. I don't know if that's what it's called. Don't quote me on that. But it was another cat movie that I like saw the trailer for and I was like, what the fuck is this? But it looks it looks ridiculous and over the top and great. So I'd recommend checking that one out, too. What what is the anthology? It's not I don't think it's Tales from the Dark Side or maybe it is with William Hickey where he plays a rich old man and there's an evil cat that he's trying to kill but the cat kills him it might be tales from hmm. the dark side um anyway the cat like climbs down his throat and then i think it chest bursts out of his belly like an alien oh damn it's pretty cool <laughs> it's pretty that. awesome <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's great um watching have you been watching anything great lately oh my goodness uh let's see i so i, I watched the outwaters the other day What's that one? It is a found footage horror film. It's gotten some, but it's gotten a lot of buzz, and it's it's uh, you either love it or you hate it. And hmm. I'm in the in between deciding phase right now. It's bizarre and it's chaotic <laughs> and it's very visceral and you know, it's just. Uh, I think it took me a minute to understand what I was like. It took me a minute after it ended, like maybe two whole days to understand what I just watched. Right. Which (laughs) I think is pretty cool. Pretty interesting. Listen, here's my thing. Like some people are comparing it to Skinamarink in that it's not about plot. Mm -hmm. It's about mood. And I will say that, you know, people who are like shitting all over the outwaters or all over Skinamarink, like you are allowed to not like these movies, but that doesn't make them bad. Right. Like, right. I don't like Beyonce, but I know she's an amazing artist. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, right. like there's don't cancel me anyway. You know, so it's, <laughs> well, because we as horror fans, we can we just continuously beg for new things. Right. Stop doing reboots. Stop remaking yep. and everything. And, and when we get something new and experimental and, and, you know, that's pretty original. Everybody gets really mad about it. 
Yep, people bitch and complain. And then yep. it's like, people bitch and complain if the same thing happens. They're like, this is the same old thing I've seen before. And then they bitch and complain if it's something different that they don't like. And it's like, you just can't please people. And that's like the thing. Like, I just, and I like that you brought up that like no movie is a bad movie. Cause like, well, no, I um, didn't say that. There are, <laughs> there are plenty of bad movies. <laughs> well, yeah, I just mean like, you know, some people may think the movies that we think are bad are good so maybe yeah. maybe there isn't a bad movie i mean there are but you know what i mean exactly you know like i i am a i'm a film critic and i kind of have fallen into this line of line of work and for a while i, I wondered like what right do i have you know and i kept telling myself it takes the same amount of work to make a bad movie as it does to make a good movie and then i heard myself yeah. myself say that out loud and i was like no that's not always no that's not true <laughs> it's just not true <laughs> you know and, and perspective and perspective and taste are subjective you know yeah. and uh, so i try not to like shit on anybody's movie but you know yeah things that i enjoy are not something that you might enjoy exactly and that's why i love horror in general it's just like so so many different ideas different genres all that stuff but i think the one thing we can agree on is that the scream franchise is pretty damn consistent truly like quality goes so truly the world has scream fever right now and i am rife with it i'm i'm loving it i'm like they can just make like 12 more and i'll be happy as long as they're good (laughs) yeah. <laughs> you know like this is one franchise that i'm like you know because like there's some franchises that i just like roll my eyes that they're making another one <coughs> saw i'm like over it i'm so oh, over it i'm just like can we, we not... need another one no, no. <laughs> like i'm so over saw at this point yeah. but it's like with scream i'm just like yeah keep making them if you're gonna keep making them this good make more because yeah. scream six like it has its issues but they did so much more with scream six and all the issues that I had with Scream 5, they fixed in Scream 6, in my opinion. So yeah. I liked it a lot. A lot of people are saying, I don't want to brag, but I was at the premiere of Scream 6 here Ooh. in New York City. Oh my goodness. Um, it was cool to get to see it, I don't know, three days before <laughs> before other people, but it was fun. It was great. It pays to be a movie critic, I think. You get to do cool stuff well, like that. It, no, it, it pays to have friends who are higher up in the world of entertainment than i am let's say that oh i thought it was just because like you like you know do like critiques and stuff on movies so i was like oh they probably just gave you like you know no i was uh, i mean i I went with a friend who works for the new york film uh, horror film festival and he uh, i got to be his plus one so you know one day one day I want to go to these events where I'm maybe not a plus one or I'm actually like invited with my name on it. But for now, you know, it is what it is. Hey, I'm happy I got to go. And I did really love the movie so That's much. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's excellent. It's, uh, it's, it is the, it's, it is the most scared I have been in a scream movie since the first one. And I, I don't get scared, yeah. but it's so intense. My hands were on my face like this the entire time. It was excellent. Yeah. It was so good. The I think the um the scene that was like most intense for me was the whole Gale scene because I was like I swear to God if she dies if she dies if she dies I'm gonna like, f-. and like I was crying because I thought she died, like when well, she says the when she says the whole line tell Sydney he didn't get me I was like no yeah, <laughs> yeah that's <sighs> um, I expected her to die. I went into this movie because we lost Dewey in the last one and yeah. I have a theory right because. She gets it with the shard of glass and then she does the whole tell Sydney he never got me thing. And then she appears to expire. 
And it's someone's voice that says something like, we have a faint heartbeat, right? Fate pulse or something. Fate yeah. pulse. And then at the end, it's somebody's voice who says, Gail is okay. So we, I, I almost wonder if they filmed it to where it looked like she died, but they kept it available for them to keep her alive if they felt that they needed to. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Maybe the script didn't commit one way or the other, so they just kept it themselves able to go either way regardless i'm really glad that we still have her i know courtney cox is going to want to come back she loves doing these movies but i think michael you need to prepare yourself that she might not make it in the next one oh god yeah i know i i will say sorry getting into spoilers a little bit with scream six here so if you have not seen it maybe skip ahead a few minutes i really did not like and i i feel maybe i'm like in the minority of this but i have heard a couple of other people say they didn't like this either i did not like that they reverted her back to her old fucking like bitchy like reporter self i was like so you basically like took every bit of like character arc that she had in the last movies and basically made her back to square one again like and I get it. Like the whole scene with her getting punched in the face by Tara was actually really funny. Like I thought that was clever the way mm-hmm. she like jukes like Sam's and then she gets punched in the face. Like I thought that was great, but I was like, if you're just doing that for the sake of getting that in there, I was like, I didn't really like that. They revert it. Cause I was like, I refuse to believe after Dewey's death that she is going to do that. Like that she is going to sell her soul again to fi- like, especially in like after Dewey, like I just didn't, be- I didn't buy it. I was like, I don't like it. Well, because the book was supposed to be about Dewey, right? And kind of like... Yes, yeah. I was I was disappointed to see that she would write a book that, that kind of threw Sam under the bus. Um, mm-hmm. I don't mind Bitchy Gale. I enjoy Bitchy Gale. I think it's great that we have seen her grow and change through the years. Yeah. But, eh, I mean, I'm not like... it's It didn't ruin the movie for me. But it, it, I guess if anything is that there is to complain about the movie, that did feel a little bit of like a, I don't know, a misdirection. Yeah. And like, like, I don't mind bitchy Gale either, but like, I, I like bitchy, like snarky Gale, like how she is in Scream 4, like with her little zingers and stuff. But I don't like that they just brought her back to like being this money hungry, like, sure, you know, tabloid writer where it was like, girl, no you haven't been that way in the last two movies. Like why are all of a sudden we going back to this again? Like it just felt really, yeah. I didn't like it, but that being said, like getting off my soapbox with that, like I really did enjoy this movie. There were a lot of great things about it, but <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait to do a scream six review soon at some point. Um, but yeah, that being said, <laughs> getting off my, our scream six soapbox, let's get into what the episode actually is about today. So we are ranking all 13 screen or all 13 ghost faces from the scream franchise, um, including the new ones that are in scream six. So there will be spoilers ahead. So if you guys have not seen scream six or any of the other films in the franchise, uh, what rock are you under? <laughs> uh, maybe don't listen to this episode until you've watched the other scream films, but yes, we will be ranking all 13. Um, we are not including the, um, I forget his name, but he's the one that's in the fridge at the beginning of scream six, I didn't include him on my list because I was like, he doesn't even do anything. So he's just literally a body, but uh, yeah, everyone else will be included on this list. So without further ado, do you want to start with our number 13 and do you want to go first, Ricky? Yeah, I'll go first. Sure. Perfect. Okay. um, Number 13 for various reasons, which we'll get into Jason Carvey our ghost face opener <laughs> from okay. scream six. And this is, it's only because I think that the device of 
showing who Ghostface is immediately was very interesting. I wasn't that obsessed with him as a like as a character. Mm, you know? Okay. Uh, yeah. He didn't do a ton for me. I know that there was some speculation when the poster came out of is he going to be maybe Sam's brother or something like that. And um you know, it was really interesting following a ghost face and wondering, are we gonna are we gonna know who he is the entire time? You know, yeah. not knowing which direction it was gonna go in. But I didn't get enough time with him to actually care. And I no nothing was I by the time we got to the mo- the end of the movie, I'd kind of just forgotten about him anyway. That's fair. That's I, um But he, he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. Right. Yeah, he's a little higher on my list, but I'll explain my reasons for that in a second, but no, that's that's great. I think I think Jason is is a good number 13. I think that'd probably be most people's number 13s. Um but yeah, anything else on Jason before we move on? Nope. He's not in the movie long enough to talk about it anymore. (laughs) Okay. So my number 13, and I went back and forth with this. I was telling you this before we recorded. I really wanted to be such a fucking petty bitch so bad and continue to put Charlie Walker at the very bottom of my, every single one of my lists every time. Cause I just hate Charlie Walker so much. He's such an incel. His whole motive is just annoying, but there is someone that is a little less interesting than Charlie. And I can't believe I'm even saying that. And it's not that he's not likable because I didn't mind this character but he's just kind of there and he just kind of like out of the, I'm just going to spoil it right now. It's Ethan Bailey from scream six. It's one of the siblings of Richie. He was just there for me. Like he's just kind of, he kind of pops in and out every now and then he's almost kind of like Mickey in scream two, where he's just like gone for like a big section of the movie and then just comes back randomly here and there. And he's supposed to serve as like the, you know, the main suspect where everyone's suspecting him, but he's like in these places at the right time where he, you know, um, like, and I don't, I don't hate this character. I think he has a bit of charm and he's good. Like, I think he's good looking. I think the actor that plays him is really attractive, but we're not going off looks. So (laughs) if we were going strictly off looks, he would definitely be higher, but people are definitely thirsting after him. Like I didn't so hot. Give me cute, uh, cutie Gooding jr. Like Mason Gooding, give me him all day, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he, I thought he was so hot in this movie. I was like, woo. And, but like, he's just kind of there for me and he didn't really, and his like, I don't think I feel like a lot of people are talking shit about Jack Champion and saying that his acting in this movie is not that great. Personally, I this is going to be unpopular opinion, and I can't remember the guy who plays uh, his dad, Detective Bailey, but I thought his acting was so fucking cringy. In some Dermot parts, like, yeah, we'll get into that. Well, and he's a great actor. I think it might just be my, some of the writing, mm-hmm. but we'll get into him a little bit later. But like, I personally thought Ethan did fine i thought he was good i don't think he was as bad as people are saying he is but he he's just there so for that reason he's gonna be my number 13 just because he's just kind of the least memorable of them all yeah i get that yeah but moving on to number 12 who's your number 12 mickey altieri screen two listen it's Timothy Oliphant, right? Who plays him? Mm-hmm. He's yeah. a dreamboat. He's so, oh, so cute. Hot. But he's not, like, he doesn't do anything in the whole movie. And yeah. when he's revealed, I don't know. He's, he's, I mean, I love that he's just a pawn for Mrs. Loomis, basically. But yeah. also, like, he's just a pawn for Mrs. Loomis. And there are a handful of ghost faces in this franchise where they're just a kind of a, a throwaway red herring 
And I think he's one of them. I, uh, it's one of the cases where he's a little over the top and like, here's the thing. Stu Mocker over the top worked. Yeah. Mickey over the top is just silly. I, to, <laughs> mm-hmm. to me, I don't know. It just, it, it didn't, eh, I, you just don't get enough of him throughout the movie to really care when you see that he's the killer. Yeah, I agree. Um, he, he, like, he's a little higher on my list, but I recently did, um, so before Scream 6 came out on my YouTube channel, I did a, a ghost face like tier ranking thing and I put him in like one of the bottom tiers and I got a couple of people asking me why I did that, like questioning my freezing. And I was just like, he's just like, he's kind of like Ethan. He's just kind of there and mm-hmm. he disappears for like 45 minutes of the movie. And also they do like, they give him like the Billy Loomis treatment where they make him like automatically suspicious right off the bat. So it's like very obvious when he's like the killer. And I just kind of feel like that's, just we kind of been there done that already with billy so it's like try something different i do give him credit though for and this is the reason why he's higher on my list is because just for the simple fact that he like plays mind games with sydney so much and he like really fucks with her head like the whole like boyfriend killer boyfriend killer thing like he really fucks with her yeah and he does all of pretty much all of the heavy lifting in scream 2 like he does all the kills except for one so for that i just kind of like I had to put him a little bit higher just because he does do a lot more. I didn't like realize that, that. Is Mrs. Loomis kills. She kills Shane, Randy. And I think that might be the Shane only one. Kennedy, she, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that might be the only kill she does. I could be mistaken. I'm not completely sure, but I feel like she only has like one or two kills under her belt. Yeah. In that movie. So I don't know. Well, she's, she's so kind of the one that's pissing off Gail Weathers the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, that's a great number twelve. The very controversial. I love how Is like it? I, I do. People love him. Oh, people adore Mickey. Like I've I've I watch a lot of these like similar you know YouTube videos that we're doing where the people rank the killers, and a lot of people have Mickey like in their either t- top three or some people have him as what? their number one because he's cute. Here's the thing, guys, and if you listen, I'm gonna give a little warning. If you listen, end up listening to my movie ranking episode next week. Number two is not very high on my list, like at all. Yeah, uh, it's a good movie. Like, don't it get is. there's no, there's not a bad scream movie in my opinion. You no. know, but um, anyway, so it's <laughs> just kind of collateral damage for me not actually being that obsessed with that movie. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I just lost so many potential listeners. <laughs> they have, <laughs> they have come, they're screaming it right now. They they have completely lost interest in checking out my show. They're like, are you fucking kidding me? You have yeah. you, <laughs> you have a Mickey alter area so far down. Yeah, I don't know. People people went after me for that too. Not like after me, but people were like questioning me. They're like, why do you have Mickey so far on your tier ranking list? And I was like, mm, because he's yeah. kind of boring. So yeah. <laughs> um, that being said, are you ready to move, for me to uh, move on to my number 12? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so my number 12 is going to be Charlie Walker for obvious reasons. I just fucking hate him. Like, yeah, sure, <laughs> he, sure, he does, like, some of the kills in Scream 4. Like, I think Jill does more... I think, personally, Jill does more killing than he does in Scream 4. And people can argue with that with me all day. But I think Jill does the majority of the killing in Scream 4, and Charlie does somewhat. I will give Charlie credit, and this is why I put him above Ethan, for the simple fact that he has probably the most memorable, well, not the most, but one of the most memorable kills in the franchise with Olivia. Like he fucking like destroys her in that scene. And yeah. that scene is like so fucking amazing. Like the way they filmed it. So I give him credit for having one of the most memorable kills in the franchise. 
But other than that, he's just a yeah. fucking incel and he's whiny and annoying. And he basically his motive is just being the new Randy where he gets the girl this time. And it's just so like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. No, I get that. And I just I totally have never liked him. Yeah, I've just never liked him. And I always he's always at the bottom of my list for me. I just don't care for him very much. But yeah, that's going to be my number 12. I I don't have a lot to say about Charlie. So we can move on to your number 11. <laughs> All right. My number 11 is ooh, also controversial. Ooh. Quinn Bailey, Scream 6. Ooh, okay. Not a fan. Not a fan at all. Uh, when it is revealed that she's still alive, I did not, I don't think I, I didn't have the reaction that I'm assuming that they wanted me to have. And I didn't feel a buzz in the, in the theater that I think they wanted there to be. It, it just was like, oh, I found her annoying when she was alive and oh, now she's back, you know? Uh, yeah. And I mean, you know, Scream, you have to remove, you have to, you know, kind of suspend your disbelief for this series anyway, right? Like the amount of kicks yeah. to the face that people take and they get up and keep going is like alarming. Yeah. Uh, so, so sure, a cop could switch out her dead body for like a real dead body, maybe, like whatever. I'm not even questioning that. It's just, <laughs> you know, she's she's quirky and, you know, funny in the beginning and then she disappears and then she comes back and she doesn't really do anything and then gets shot in the head you know it's like if yeah. you're gonna bring her back give her something more impactful to do i think yeah i almost um, kind of think they made the mistake of killing her off too early because i think she had a lot of potential to be like a really because i really like quinn as a character before she's revealed as ghostface she was actually like like that first scene that you get with her, I thought she was really funny. I thought she was really charismatic and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, she's like, I like this character. And so I feel like if they would have like kept her longer, I feel like her, maybe her reveal as Ghostface would have been a little more effective. I think if we would have gotten a little um, more time with Quinn. Sure. So I, I agree with you on that. I agree with the fact that like, she's barely in it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden she comes back and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't cool, know. It wasn't, I it wasn't as exciting or shocking, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. I, 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 I was, I was surprised only because, like, I thought she had died, so it was like, oh, okay. I was like, that's cool, but it wasn't mm -hmm. like, <gasps> you know, <laughs> right? It wasn't like Jill or Mrs. Loomis, like, <gasps> fuck, what? Yeah, those will, yeah, those will always forever be like shocking to me. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, that was your number 11? Yes. Is Quinn? Awesome. Uh, so moving into my number 11 is going to be Jason Carvey. And the reason why I have him above Charlie and Ethan is for the simple fact that, like, obviously we have a really memorable opening scene with him where he kills Samara Weaving off. Um, and that that kill is, like, really brutal. And he also has, like, one of the best lines in the franchise, in, in my opinion. It was, and he's like, now I see red. Like, I loved that fucking line. It was, like, so good. But the reason why I have him higher, like, at number 11, is because of that whole monologue that he does when he's explaining to Ghostface how it felt to kill someone. Mm -hmm. We've never gotten something like that before from any other killer in the franchise. Like, yeah, yeah. we get, like, their motives of, like, explaining why they did it. But we never get, like, we've never gotten, like, a scene where the killer sits down and is like talks about what it felt like to like stab the knife through somebody. And like, that was like really like chilling the way he delivered that. I thought uh, Tony Revolori did such a great job in this movie. Like for the small role that he had, I thought he killed it. 
Um, and I kind of almost wish she was in it longer. That's like my only gripe with the opening scene is like, it would have been interesting because that whole scene where you see him kill um, Laura in the alley and then he goes off and like interacts with Tara and we know what he's done at this point. And right. he's like talking to Tara like they're like nothing's wrong and they're best friends. It would have been interesting to see him interact with that group more knowing like what he did at the at the start. And like it would have been interesting to see how that played out. And maybe he gets killed like midway through or something. But like, yeah, I don't know. For the small time that he had on screen, I thought his role was really memorable. I really enjoyed the way he was describing like how it felt and like what it felt like. That was really interesting to me. So for that reason, I'm putting him at number 11. I thought I thought that was great. So. Okay. All right. You've opened my mind. I could give him more <laughs> of a chance. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe watch it like a couple more times. Maybe he'll move up in your ranking a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'll switch him out with Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, so moving on from that, what is your number 10? Okay, my number 10 is Charlie Walker. Uh, nice. For for all the reasons that you have listed, just not super interesting. Uh, I, I don't mind his incel nature. I think that he's a funny person to watch. Yeah, he's a dick and yeah, he's terrible, but you know, <laughs> He's also murdering people, so he's not <laughs> full of great qualities, you know? That's, that's true. <laughs> not supposed to be. It's, um, I think that the moment when he stabs Kirby is really shocking. And I do think that, which Culkin is he? I don't know. Um, is it Rory? Is it Rory Culkin? I think, I think it's Rory Culkin. Rory's right? the one on Succession, isn't he? There's so many Culkins, I don't know. <laughs> Regardless, I think that when he, when he kills... When he stabs uh, Kirby twice, it's really upsetting. Yeah, it is. I just hate the whole, like, four years of classes together and you notice me now. It's just, like, so, like... No, I know. You know? I I don't know. And maybe it's just the way, like, I'm not trying to shit on his performance or anything as an actor, but, like, just the way he played it, like, he's just so whiny and just so, like, annoying that I'm just, like, I can't. (laughs) Yeah. But, sorry, you Uh, you had a thought. No, no, no. It's well, it's just he's completely useless at the hands of Jill. Like, as soon as she's done with him, she offs him, you know? Yep. Uh, and so I, he's, I, he's kind of just a complete idiot for that case, for that uh, reason as well. Oh, yeah. For like actually believing that that was going to happen. <laughs> just like, yeah. You're a dumb puppy love there, buddy. And it got you killed. Yeah. So, oh, well. No great loss there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so my moving on from number 11, my number 10 is going to be Richie Kirsch from Scream 5. And okay. I like, and I said this in my YouTube, um, ranking video, he was pretty far down on my list as well. I, I do like Jack Quaid as an actor. I think he's like a really great mm-hmm. actor and he does a really great job in this movie. Like none of that is the reason why he's at the bottom because he does a really great job. For me personally, it's like the fact that he basically makes Amber pretty much do all the heavy lifting in that movie. Like Amber does most of the killing in Scream 5. Mm -hmm. um, And Richie just kind of like stands there and kind of just watches it happen. And also his motivation for it is really like I get the whole like toxic fandom thing. Like I don't hate the I don't hate the concept and, you know, the theme of it because it's very relatable to our our day and age. And I like that, but his motive is just really paper thin, like wanting to remake the movie because it was so bad. Like, okay. And so you're just killing people for that reason. I don't know. I've just, I've seen better motives in the other movies. So this one was just kind of like, whatever to me. 
and he's also just kind of like there <laughs> i mean he he has more memorable stuff than the people like at the like below him but yeah. for me richie's just kind of there i guess and yeah. i i pegged him as being the killer from like the first 10 minutes of the movie i was like oh he's he's one of them for sure and yeah, i think I thought I was it was one too of... easy but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And I will say, I will give Jack Quaid credit because he does a really good job playing like the, like the innocent kind of like sappy guy who's kind of, you know, trying to play in it. Like, I think he did a really good job, like making us think that is he the killer or isn't he? Cause like there were a couple times in the movie where I kind of went back and forth with him, but I think for the most part, he's just kind of meh to me. So I also don't think that he deserved as like much, like as big of like a thing that he did in scream six where they're like oh yeah he loved making movies and he and they get this like the big screen with him on it i'm like i would i would buy this if it was like jill or someone because she's way more memorable why are we giving like this big like speech for richie who was just kind of there (laughs) i don't know anyway i digress but that's that's my number 10 (laughs) no i i dig that i do he's not super high up on my list either don't worry (laughs) oh good (laughs) um all right what are we is this 10 or i think we're at number nine Um, now have you said your number 10 digis uh yes i did i did okay uh all right my number nine is ethan landry scream six so i thought that he was real funny throughout the entire movie uh, just asking questions like, how long do I have to live? Or, you know, I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah. I loved that, like, Mindy kept trying to finger him as the killer the whole time. Like, she just, she knew, you know, but she couldn't, like, nail it down. And then the subway scene had me, I guess, convinced that it wasn't him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's it's his performance, I think, in in not really like you know acting like he couldn't see what was happening and because i guess in that scene it must have been quinn who stabs mindy right yeah yeah it's quinn yeah because i think because i think detective bailey is is the one that called them and told them to go over to the or mm -hmm. maybe not him i think it might have been kirby actually but he like he's i'm pretty sure he's at the station when the whole like subway yeah yeah so yeah had to have been quinn uh, I really loved his his like standoff with Tara when she stabs him in the mouth. Mm. Um, I thought that was really cool. Uh, I just thought it was more interesting than Quinn. And yeah, he was entertaining the whole film. I get that. That's fair. That actually kind of like makes me wonder if the more I watch, because I've only seen Scream 6 once so far. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe I watch it on more rewatches I'll, I'll have him higher on the list but just right for right now like the reason why he was so low on mine is just because i kind of felt like he was just there like he had like you said he was kind of funny he definitely had moments but for me he was just like out of all the ghost faces he was just kind of like meh you know yeah but i did like him as like a character like when he wasn't revealed to be Ghostface, i liked the moments that he had so i agree with you on that great points um anything else on Ethan? not really no <laughs> okay <laughs> All right, so my number nine is going to be Detective Bailey from Scream 6. And I kind of brought this up a little bit earlier. I just kind of feel like some, like he was very obvious. Like I, 
pegged him pretty early on as well and so did my friend that went and saw it with me he was like it's him he's one of them and i said i think he is too because just some of his lines were kind of on the nose like there were certain lines when he's like and you if you fuck with my family stuff like that like it was just like very very obvious and i'm not saying that that's necessarily his fault that's more the writer's fault Mm -hmm. but like the way he delivered certain lines and and this is what like um kind of like surprised me about this actor he's a really good actor and stuff that i've seen him in but this one there were some things where i was just like okay you're going way too fucking over the top this feels like a, like a cartoon like villain or mm. something like just the way he delivered some of his lines and i didn't quite like the way he revealed himself as the killer in the final act i just kind of thought it was just like okay yeah and he uh, i don't know i did like the fact though his motive i i kind of liked his motive the fact that like he felt responsible for turning Richie into the person that he became. Cause he's like, I kind of enabled him as a father. Like I, I let him collect all this memorabilia stuff. I let him do all this stuff. And I kind of turned him into like what he is now. And I kind of liked that whole aspect, which is kind of why he's higher on the list. And sure. also because he does most of the heavy lifting in this movie as well. Like Ethan and Bailey or Ethan and uh, Quinn do a lot in this movie but he does most of like the stuff i'm like pretty sure he does like the whole convenience store killing stuff he does the um you know he kills uh jason and uh the other guy at the beginning of the movie and all that stuff so he does do a lot in this movie so which is why he's higher i just as far as like his acting goes and that could just be the writing like some of the lines that he had to deliver i was just like that was cringy yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Detective Bailey is going to be my number nine. I see what you're saying there. I don't disagree. When, we'll get. I mean, I'll talk about it when I get to him too, for sure. Um, he's just okay. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I do like his like. I do like his viciousness though. Like his his uh, skill with like hand to hand combat. Like the way he like basically takes on those people in the bodega scene. Like I was just like, I loved that. Like that whole scene was so good yeah um so i have to give it to him i have to give credit where credit's due as far as that's concerned because he was like a a very brutal ghost face in this movie so i have to give him that it really truly was that the bodega scene was so scary very intense did not know what to expect (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) i loved it but uh yeah that being said that's my number nine so let's hop right back over to you with your number eight ricky my number eight is detective bailey so now it's my turn to talk about him (laughs) listen i don't dislike him i did as soon as it's like within the first i don't know 20 minutes of the movie when he uh he tells somebody off camera go get a background check on that kirby girl and i was like oh you're scared of her you're the killer and then i mean it was really solidified when he tried when he calls sam and says kirby's lost her mind she was fired two months ago don't trust her get out of there i was like okay (laughs) this is a trap yeah you know you're on your way there right now um for such a great and this is this is why i had a little bit of trouble ranking it as high on my list as i do scream six because the movie is so good and so frightening and very intense and well acted and gory and scary and gross and bloody and but like the the reveal of who the killers are is not that impactful to me like at all i wasn't let down but i wasn't blown away either when i was sitting there watching it you know yeah um i don't necessarily know how much i agree with you about his perf 
performance, but I do intend to watch it, you know, multiple times again. And um, yeah, yeah, uh, I don't. Uh, I I thought I liked. I mean, I thought it was great when he was getting stabbed a million times. Oh yeah, he does a great job there. Um, that whole sequence moves so quickly for me, and there's so much happening and so many people to keep track of. I guess I lost track of him, and that's <laughs> saying something because he's kind of Daddy Ghostface, right? He should yep. be kind of running the show. Yeah. Well, and the, uh, you just reminded me of something else that I wanted to bring up when I was talking about him too. There's this scene that I'm just like what the fuck like use your brain dude like there's the scene where right after sam kills uh quinn and he's standing behind her as she falls and he has a fucking loaded gun in his hand and instead of just shooting sam he like a one runs at her he's like oh i'm like what the fuck are you doing you have the gun dumbass like fucking shoot her right there like it was just like certain decisions that he made in this movie i was just like you should know better like i can't believe you wish sam got shot that's terrible <laughs> no 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 that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying like in the logic of like <laughs> you know being like ghost face you think you'd be smarter than that i don't know yeah that's just me but yeah. for his like for his like because i think this is like the first movie where ghost face wasn't like super like clumsy like he was actually very fucking like agile on it. <laughs> agile and on it and fucking yeah. like vicious and i just feel like for someone that's so like on top of things and like being a detective and shit i'm like you should be smarter than that you should like know how to use a gun and shit i don't know it just felt like really weird to me but that being said yeah i agree with that so yeah and he was your number eight yes nice okay so moving on to my number eight is someone we've already talked about and that's going to be mickey altieri and the reason why he's like higher on the list and i i said this earlier it's just because of the mind fuckery that he plays with sydney throughout the entire movie he like gaslights her like multiple times in this movie to like make her think that it's Derek. you know like he makes the very subtle remark when they're in the hospital and he's like why would he run back into that house anyway and that kind of plants the seed in sydney's mind that he could be one of the killers and so you know and he like i said before he also does most of the heavy lifting if not pretty much all of the heavy lifting i think like i said i think mrs loomis is the only has like one or two kills under her belt mm -hmm. um i mean she would have gotten dewey if dewey would have actually died but since he didn't that doesn't count as a kill so sure. i think like honestly i think she only kills randy as far as i know i don't know she might have killed more people but yeah i just i don't know i just for me like he's not higher he's kind of middle of the road for me he's he's kind of unmemorable in certain parts I will say, like, I do like Timothy Oliphant's acting, though, in that scene, like when he's like describing his motive, like I really like it because it's just like you were saying earlier that he's like trying too hard to be Stu. And as much as I agree with that, I also kind of think that he also did a good job kind of making it his own a little bit and kind of playing more of like the psychotic route than like the silly route that Matthew Lillard did, because his is more just like calculated and like psychotic and matthew lurch is just kind of like ooh, like <laughs> very comedic <laughs> yeah you know so it's like i like how he's more like the reined in version of uh stew in a sense so that's why mickey's number eight for me other than that he's kind of just there <laughs> so gotcha. I feel yeah yeah but uh moving on from that what is your number seven ricky uh you're not gonna like this oh god you're not gonna like this one bit okay jill roberts 
Ooh, that is pretty low. <laughs> oh my god. She didn't even crack your top five. Damn. No. Uh, this is multiple reasons. First and foremost, and this is not the only reason I, I she's my, not my favorite ghost face. I just don't like Emma Roberts. And I'm not someone who like doesn't I, I don't I don't go around saying I can't stand this actor, but like yeah. I really I can't stand this actor. Um <laughs> And this was before she took off. You know, I think this was maybe the first thing I remember seeing her in. So I didn't know who yeah. she was at the time. And I still didn't like her. I <laughs> damn, you're breaking my heart right now, Ricky. <laughs> we might have to take a break after this for a second so I can like collect myself. Cause oh, damn, no, <laughs> no, I'm just um, kidding. You're good. I, I, maybe it's because I'm no. Cause I wasn't even like, how old was I when that movie came out? Was that 10 years ago? Uh, 12 now. Cause it came out in 2011. Christ. Yeah. All right. So I would have been about 24. I'm just trying to think if it's an age thing. Like, did I find her annoying? I just found her annoying. There's nothing, no, no way around it. <laughs> I think when four came out, I was still really rooting for the legacy characters. And so I didn't really even take time to, I was so excited to see Gail, Dewey and Sydney together. That yeah. I didn't give a fuck, and I wasn't paying much attention to the other characters, like at all. That's fair. And I do. I mean, uh, yeah. There, I'm just saying <laughs> it. I, <laughs> uh, so, so by the time you it revealed, it was revealed that it was her. I was just, um, I was a little bit like, wait, what? Why? Like, <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't get it. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. And the whole hospital sequence feels like a, it just goes on a little bit too long. I don't know. Yeah. Who was it? I can't remember who it was. Was it dead meat or somebody? No, someone said something like it's hard to look badass in a hospital gown. And I have to agree. <laughs> like <laughs> That's with her one dilated eye and her scratched up face. She kind of looks like Reagan from the exorcist, but she still <laughs> looks not scary in a hospital gown. Like all I can imagine is your ass is hanging out right now because it ties in the back, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's very true i love that i i will say i'm a little bummed that she's so low but i'm also like really happy that she is higher up like she's not like at the very very bottom so there is something about her that you at least somewhat like to to for the most part to have her up like I, as high as you I, do so i will i will say i did bump her up one while we've been talking <laughs> nice yeah <laughs> so yeah so was she originally your number eight and you bumped her to seven or yeah. yep <laughs> yeah she was nice. i switched her that's that's fair i like you know i'll, I'll give you that <laughs> but i was like oh as soon yeah. as you said i wasn't gonna like it i knew exactly who you were gonna say too oh no sorry to just <laughs> that's okay I, I i i respect your opinion i think I will say there are a couple of lines that she does say in Scream 4 that are a little bit cringy, and I'm just like, that didn't that didn't play well. But for the most part, I, I do enjoy her. But yeah, look, the movie as a whole is is probably my least favorite of all of them. So yeah, it's gonna be not an exciting <laughs> ghost face for me. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so my number seven, and this might surprise a lot of people, is going to be Quinn. Quinn Bailey from Scream 6. 
simply for the fact that I actually really, and I said this earlier, I really enjoyed her as a character, like for the little amount of screen time that we got. I thought she was kind of spunky. I thought she was kind of like, she was funny. You know, she's like the slutty roommate of Tara. And she kind of has that scene where she like just gets done banging that guy. And, you know, it's like really funny. She has like really good moments. And I thought her like acting of all three of like when she was revealed as Ghostface, I thought her acting was the most solid of the three, in my opinion. I thought she was actually really good. Um, So I don't know. I, I do still kind of think that she's also kind of middle of the road as well, which is why she's number seven. She's just kind of like, but I will, I do have to give it to her for the simple fact that she's the one that almost killed Gail. Whether or not you want to believe that that's her. I mean, it's, it basically has to be her because I don't think Ethan was there at the time. And I think detective Bailey was somewhere else. So it had to have been Quinn. Also, I think she, basically brags about it later in the third act when she's revealed i think she brags about it mm-hmm. so whether you want to believe that that's possible that she can pick up a grown man that's like twice the size of her and throw him through a bookcase the way she did that's up for interpretation i, I kind of feel like you can pick apart all those kind of things in all of the movies like jill couldn't have done half the shit she did in scream for and you know these other killers couldn't you know but what i will say is that she she gets points for almost killing one of the legacy characters off so for that i i really did enjoy quinn i liked her as a character i think she would have been higher on the list had she been in the film a little bit more because i just feel like she was kind of underutilized she was one of the more underutilized characters especially when we're supposed to be getting a killer reveal from her later on i just feel like she could have benefited from more time on screen so but yeah that's gonna be my number seven is quinn so i feel that i do feel that um, except in 2023, we don't say slutty. We say sex positive, Michael. Sorry. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. I'm so sorry <laughs> to all the people that I've offended. This is my apology video. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I never thought I'd have to have to make one of these videos, but I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. So what is your number six? Ricky? My number six is. Richie Kirsch. Nice. Yeah. So here's my deal. It's, um, he's not a bad ghost face, (laughs) (laughs) but he's not a good ghost face either. (laughs) Yeah. Very in the middle for me. And I think that's okay. You know, a a good performance. He's cute and doofy. And so I think that's why he got away with it for so long for me in the movie. I didn't see him coming. I did see, no, I didn't. I didn't see him coming at all. Um, (laughs) I, I guess maybe he's not as stand out in that film as Amber is, you know? Yeah. She just plays. He do, he's not. He doesn't seem crazy enough. Maybe, and I don't know if I'm comparing him to other ghost faces, or, or what it is. But mm, he's Richie, you know. <laughs> he's Richie Kirsch. <laughs> yeah, he's just you Richie, know. Yeah, he, he just he does what he does. And he's he, the love interest. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I I will say like points for developing an entire like long game relationship with her with sam you know i mean that's pretty surprising and uh wouldn't be easy i also 
there's a moment, oh my God, what is it? There's a moment where it's a giveaway moment between him and Amber, they give each other a look in the hospital, in Tara's when hospital. When they first room. meet each other, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's well, like, you meet each other. Yeah, but... right. You know, you know, but yeah, yeah. It's, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm just kind of stalling for time now, just trying to find reasons <laughs> why he's in my middle. And it's just because hey. there, are better, there are better and worse than him. He didn't do anything yeah. wrong. He didn't do anything that groundbreaking either. I mean, if this was like, if I was doing my list simply based on like how good they acted in this movie, he'd be much higher because I think Jack Quaid isn't a fantastic fucking actor. Like mm-hmm. he really did a really good job in this movie. Like, and granted, like you said, he doesn't go quite as crazy or far off the rails as like Amber does. Cause I think he's more of like the Billy Loomis in the scenario and Amber's more of the stew, you know, for doing like the whole requel idea. And they're supposed to be kind of reinventing the original. If we were going to put those characters in that, I, she's definitely the stew and he's definitely the Billy. And I will say like, I think like he's more of like the orchestrator and Amber's more of like the heavy lifter. Like she mm-hmm. does all the work kind of, and he does like most of the orchestrating, like how you said, how he infiltrated Sam's life, gained her trust. Um, how he also kind of did the whole inhaler thing where he like lured them to the house based off of that. Yeah. So I will, I will give him points for that, but for right now he's staying lower. Maybe I'll change that later, but I just, I don't know with just Richie, he's just kind of there. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, yeah. I, 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 I agree with all your points why he's like, cause he's your number six. Yeah. Ooh. So we're almost breaking the top five now. I know we're like, we're over halfway. This is crazy. And I'm excited to hear your top five because you've had like, st- you've had some controversial ones here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Jill being number seven is the most. Who's for Jill? Me. Jill who? Jill who? I don't know her. <laughs> I don't know that girl. <laughs> um, but uh, funny coincidence, because my number six is going to be Amber Freeman. Yeah, okay. From uh, Scream Five. I'm in the. I'm on a fucking island with this because I. I've heard a lot of people can't fucking stand Amber. I know. Heard, what is this? I fucking okay. And I will say, the first time I watched Scream Five, I wasn't sure how I felt about her. I will admit that. Like, I think at first, like, I was like, eh. She's okay, but she has some genuinely fucking hilarious moments in this movie that I was like laughing. One of all of them pretty much being at the final act, like the yeah. whole thing where she's got Sydney cornered in the kitchen and she does the ee, ee thing. I was like, yeah. that, I thought that was so funny. And then there's the scene where she comes out of the house pretending to be like stabbed and Gail goes trapped and she's like, fuck it. And then just shoots her. I thought that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Like she has some great moments and sure. Like, is she trying to kind of, play a little too much into like the stew mocker isms of it all. Yes. But I feel like she does it in her own unique way. And I think that the actress that plays her, I cannot think of her name off the top of my head right now. She plays crazy really well. Yes. I thought she did great. Like, yeah, she's, she's fucking great in this movie. And for the simple fact that she kills off a legacy character, I mean, fucking come on. She kills Dewey. And like I said, whether or not you want to believe that she did that, I personally believe that she could, because I feel like people, a lot of people are saying like, she couldn't lift him off the ground. And I'm like, she doesn't lift him off the ground. Here's the thing with that, right? Just like people take kicks to the face, just like they keep getting up, like Ghostface is an entity. Sure, it's this character in a costume, but like, 
Ghostface is a is a singular entity and you just yeah. have to get over it. If you're going to bitch about that every time one of these movies comes out, fuck out of here. Exactly. It's not going to change. And you, you can you can deconstruct the entire franchise that way. Like Ghostface is a killer. Yep. And that is who they are talking to on the phone. Right. Ex- exactly. Move and- on. Like, I'm bored. Stop saying that they're too short or they're <laughs> girls. I'm over it. Just just accept it. And move on. <laughs> exactly. And Cody, I actually watched a video from Cody Leach yesterday. And he, I think he did like a video where he ranked all the killers. And he said that like when when people are saying that Dewey, like she lifts him up off the ground, he's like, Dewey does not get lifted up off the ground. He lifts himself up off the ground because if you're being stabbed in the stomach, your first instinct is going to be to get away from the knife. So when you see his feet go up off the ground, it's not her lifting him up. It's him like raising himself up to kind of get away from the knife as she's bringing it up towards his like chest. Mm -hmm. And like, second of all, like I do believe that Amber could have done that because she took him by surprise. He's also like a middle-aged man and she's like in her, like she's like in her teens. So of course, and he's been shot and stabbed a million times. Like he has a handicap. He has a limp. And like a messed up arm, which for some reason mysteriously goes away in Scream Four, and then all of a sudden comes back in Scream Five. But yeah, <laughs> it's really weird that they never like explain why that was like not a thing in Scream Four. Like he does not limp at all in Scream Four. He doesn't even like have like any sort of in doesn't even look like he has a back injury anymore. And then all of a sudden Five, he's limping around again. I'm like, okay, it's weird, yeah. but okay, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, just simply for the fact that Amber fucking kills off a legacy character. She does most of the killing in this movie. She's the one that like basically attacks Tara in the opening scene. She's fucking brutal in this movie. And I like her stab. Like, I like her technique of like stabbing people. She's very like, bam, 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 like one after the other. Like she doesn't like just want because you can tell which killers are which because Richie is the one that's like one and done. And Amber's the one that's like wild, like stabs like multiple times. Yeah. And I love that about her. I think she's fucking vicious. I think her killer reveal is pretty fucking good when she's like, welcome to act three. Like she just fucking shoots live. So fucking great. I I fucking love Amber and I will defend Amber till the day I die. I don't care if people hate on me. I love her. So. Well, I hope no one's hating on you because (laughs) I think she's terrific. Yeah. Is she, I'm, and I'm, I'm assuming she's in your top five or. Well, she is because I only have five left. That's true. (laughs) use your head michael (laughs) blonde moment it's fine (laughs) but yeah Uh, that's sorry i went on a soapbox about amber but uh no that's okay i'm gonna do it when i get to her but i'm not to her yet because my number five is not her Ooh, okay it's roman bridger yeah here's the thing i actually love roman bridger as a ghost face i love that he orchestrated the whole thing that he like convinced billy to do this uh, I think that his motivation is cool. I love the standoff between him and Sydney, where she's like, why don't you just suck it up and take some of the fucking responsibility? And then fuck they you, all fuck, fuck you, you each other. <laughs> yeah. and they kick each other's asses. It is yeah. such a brutal fight scene. Like so hard to watch. You like nuts. I like his performance. The problem is he just, you don't. And, and I don't mind the voice changing mechanism i don't i i it doesn't bother me at all yeah i I I feel like of all the people that would be able to acquire that sort of technology it would be him so in in that like if we're putting it in that world like i feel like it would make sense that he would have something like that just because he is the director so i feel like he could you know 
my problem know. is he only has like two scenes before his reveal. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. I will say though, his scenes before his reveal are pretty memorable though, because he has some funny like one liners, like the whole scene, like the one part where he's like, and then now it looks like I'm the next target. And then he's like, why you? And he's like, you think this wasn't a message? And he like holds up the fucking like thing it's that. Trophy. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. And then when he's like in the basement, he's like riffing up back and forth with Jennifer. And he's like, ghosts and zombies and aliens, what you look like without makeup, Jennifer. Like he has some really good like one liners. <laughs> yeah. So. No, that's true. I, I, uh, I wish I wish I could have placed him higher up on my list. It's just we don't I don't get enough of him throughout the movie yeah. to make it is not him taking his mask off that is the surprise. It is him being Sydney's half brother that is the surprise. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, and no, so, it don't, totally does. So the reveal of his story is shocking, but the reveal of him is not that not that memorable impactful yeah sometimes well and like the fact that he wears glasses throughout the rest of the movie sometimes people don't even recognize that that's roman at first like i've watched scream 3 with people they're like they're like who's that and i'm like it's roman (laughs) he just doesn't have glasses on and i'm like yeah um but coincidentally that he's also my number five so okay yeah all right this is our first time we've been the same the same number i know and i'm glad that we're both giving roman the love and attention that he deserves because i will never well first of all i never understand the hate that scream 3 gets in general i don't get it i get that it's like the me too and i get that it's like the most like if you put all the films in the franchise together scream 3 is the one that like sticks out like a sore thumb out of all the other ones just as far as like tonally completely different like this one's like probably the goofiest um i like to say that this is the equivalent of like a a very um long drawn out scooby-doo episode in a sense because like there's very like silly things that are in this movie but i think that adds to the charm of scream 3 and i fucking love scream 3 but i also love roman i think roman is like you said before i think he whether or not people want to believe that scream 3 is can canon because a lot of people like to forget that scream 3 exists don't get it but a lot of people are like i hate that roman's the one that gets the credit for the first movie and i'm like well <laughs> it happened get over it yeah <laughs> i i like that he like was the mastermind behind the killings of the first film he you know gaslit billy into committing these murders because he is the half brother of sydney and because he was rejected by uh maureen yeah i love that whole aspect I also love the brutality of him at the end. Like you were saying him, his physicality with Sydney is fucking great. The whole, the whole line when he's like, you're going to pay for the life you stole from me, Sid, for the mother and for the family and for goddamn it, everything you had that should have been mine. It's so great. Like, yeah, he's such a brat. He's such a, for being her older brother, he's such a fucking brat. And I will say that's like a downfall with him personally for me, because I'm like, dude, you have a fucking great life. You're in Hollywood. You're a fucking established director. What are you bitching about? Like, yeah. because I'm like, I would love to be in your position, yeah. but I digress. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love Roman. I think the fact that he was able to, whether you believe that he was single handedly, the one that was the only ghost face. A lot of people have, you know, theories that Angelina was also his accomplice, which I think that was the original one of the original drafts was that she was his accomplice. Didn't she like go to school with Sydney or something? Wasn't she like one of Sydney's classmates or something like that? Angelina. Oh, the, uh, uh, 
The one who's playing Sydney? Yeah, the one's like, I did, not, Mortimer. <laughs> I did not fuck that pig Milton just to get a leading role, just to die here with yeah. second-rate celebrities like you that, two. That's so funny, because the whole time she's acting like, oh, they picked me, and I'm so lucky, and oh, I'm going to be in a Hollywood movie, and this is my only chance. And no, you slept <laughs> your way to the top. Um, yeah. <laughs> so great. It's. I think she. It's so funny because when I see her, I picture her character in Thirty Rock. She dates Jack. She's the one who has avian bird syndrome. She has hollow bones. Oh my god, that is her. Yeah. Wow. So funny. I that's mean, she's hilarious. done a lot of work besides that. It's just that's the role that I associate her with. <laughs> that's anyway, that's interesting. I could see that, but I also just I kind of like that there's one because the body count isn't super high in that movie either. You know. Yeah, I think he kills I think he kills all the people of like the stab cast. So he kills Jennifer, he kills uh Sarah, um the like the other people. So like he never kills any like the core characters. I mean he almost kills Sydney, I guess you could say, but yeah, he doesn't he doesn't do like a whole lot of killing. But I mean the fact that he's able to orchestrate this all on his own is yeah. pretty impressive to me which I feel like that deserves like the top five placement for me. The only reason he's not higher is just for like that kind of like whiny, like entitled attitude that he has with Sydney, where he's like, you, you took everything from me. And it's like, yeah. not really. If anything, she has the shittier life than you dude. Right. Oh, absolutely. Her life is a nightmare. Sydney's... And it's all because of you Roman. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm glad that we agreed on Roman Bridger to, Bridger as being number five because I I think he's great and I think he needs to get I think he deserves way more credit than he gets. So agreed. But uh, yeah, what's your number four? I'm excited about this top four now. Okay, all right. My number four is Amber Freeman. Ooh. I fucking love Amber Freeman. I think she's so funny from the moment and like just shocking when she pulls out the gun and shoots the chick and you you know that she's one of the killers i think it's just off to the races from that moment on yep i i don't think i've ever laughed as hard in any scream movie as i did when she gets hit in the face and she goes <laughs> fucking hand sanitizer <laughs> it's so fucking funny yeah great delivery and i'm sitting there like what the fuck hand sanitizer like okay sure covid just happened oh she's gonna burst into flames and it's because <laughs> she's covered in hand sanitizer uh i there's something about her snarkiness and her like coldness, you know, she's got this yeah. coldness to her that I fucking love. Um, and then at the end when she's, uh, she thinks she's burned and she just runs <laughs> out there screaming. I mean, she was also crazy in um, once upon a time in Hollywood. And you she know? dies like basically the same way too. Yeah. I don't know. I think she's a fun ghost face to watch. Right. She and is. Memorable, and and she is one who is fun to go. I th I do think Jill is fun to go back and watch her once you know, mm -hmm. um, and I think that Amber is another fun one to to watch. Yeah, it, to pay attention to in future viewings. I will say the only downfall for me with Amber is that I I pegged her as being the killer from like the first ten minutes as well, and I think that's also because she had she has. If you notice in the hospital scene when Sam first gets there, you can see a bruise on her collarbone. Oh, like really? there's like a bit. Yeah, there's a bruise right here. And if it's kind of like a blink and you'll miss it moment. But there she has a bruise right here. And wow. like just like her disdain for like Sam the entire movie. I was just like, oh, yeah, she's definitely one of them. She has yeah. to be because like this hatred towards Sam is not coming from no like nowhere. Yeah. So 
Um, but yeah, no, I agree with everything you fucking said. I fucking love Amber. So she's great. Yeah, she's just so fun to watch. <laughs> she really is. And I love when she like I love the line when she's like, You killed my best friend. And she's like, Yeah, and he died like a pussy. That's like so <laughs> like i love how she keeps reverting back and forth like she one minute she's like a bad bitch and then the next minute she's like no 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 no. wait it wasn't me it wasn't my fault like she's like she goes back and forth between like being this bad bitch and then being like terrified it's so yep. fucking great yeah mikey madison is her name right yeah sure that sounds right i think that's yeah she does great i love her so um that was your number three four four okay so now we're getting into my number four, which is uh, Mrs. Loomis from Scream 2. Hmm. Interesting. I fucking love Mrs. Loomis. She's yeah. honestly, aside from um, Jill, she's my favorite reveal. Like it's, it is understated and like, it, it isn't like this big grand reveal. She just kind of steps out from the door and like with the gun raised. But I love watching Scream 2 with people who have never seen it before Mm. because that their reaction when they first see her they're like what the fuck like because she's such like a like it's such a genius idea to have her be the killer because she is like one of those like side characters that she's in it she's the perfect example of a killer that is utilized really well but isn't in the movie that much because she Mm -hmm. has a purpose for being there yeah as like a side character she's not just a side character for the sake of being in a couple of scenes to kind of be there she's there because she's posing as a reporter she's there because she's you know pretending to be there you know broadcasting this as like new stuff so when you get to her reveal it makes sense yes and i i love that like she's smart enough to like not interact with sydney at all like her and sydney never interact until that final scene and uh i just i fucking love her and laurie metcalf give this bitch an Oscar because she's so good in this, but like she's one of, she's so high on my list mostly because of her acting in this movie, because she's so fucking unhinged when yeah. she get, when you get to that third act, when she's revealed that she got the bug eyes and she's, she's so fucking like, she has some memorable lines too. Like when she's like, so have we covered anything, any comments, any concerns? You know what though? Who gives a flying fuck anyway? Like, I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> she's so great. And it's, it is smart, like you said, because it's Sydney who recognizes her. Mrs. Loomis, like she she's seen a picture of her. Yeah, she knows who she is, which is why she hasn't seen Debbie Salt the entire time. Yeah. I, I, yeah. She's and not to mention, like, I feel like her motive is I mean, her motive's simple, but it's also like very well done because she's not being a killer for the sake of like wanting to be a killer, which is probably why she might. I might be reading into this too much, which is probably why she doesn't do a lot of the killing in the movies because she doesn't really enjoy killing people. She's killing, right. she's doing the killing because she's avenging her son's death and that's it. Like, mm-hmm. and it kind of goes back to like, I kind of talked about it in my killer ranking on my YouTube video. I kind of talked about how like Billy Loomis is almost kind of a sympathetic aesthetic character in a way. And if things would have gone differently, he probably wouldn't have gone down that path. And I feel the same way with Mrs. Loomis. Like, I don't feel like she was always this unhinged. I don't feel like Billy was always that unhinged. I think it was just the, the outlining of events that happened that turned them into killers. And I always find that more interesting about her is because she wasn't always a killer. She just kind of turned into one. Yeah. So I love her. I think she's great. Laurie Metcalf fucking sells it. And I just think she's one of the most memorable ghost face in my opinion. So does she do a lot of killing in scream Two? Not really, but she makes up for it with her performance at the end. So 
I love it. Number th- Ooh, we're getting into the top three now. So hit me with your top three, Ricky. I'm so excited. Schumacher. That is also my number three. So are you kidding me? I thought, wow. I thought it would be more controversial that I made him three. He's like everybody's sweetheart. Everyone loves Schumacher. I, I love Schumacher. Don't get me wrong. I adore him. Matthew Lillard is incredible. Yeah. He's so much fun to watch. He's ridiculous. He's over the top. He's 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 scary. You know, <laughs> he's he's scary in that he's so unhinged, I think. Yeah. Um, he's a dick. I feel like I wouldn't like to be around <laughs> him in real life. And I think that people forget that about the character. Like you yeah. love Matthew Lillard. He's a fun guy. Stu Mocker is kind of an asshole. Like liver alone. That's so insensitive, you know? <laughs> yeah, but it's so funny. <laughs> I, I, um, yeah, I, I understand why he has this following. Do I think that he's alive? I, I honestly, I hope not. I hope they don't bring him back. I'm so, um, can I just say one thing about that really quick? I'm sorry to yeah. cut you off. No, I'm so, fine. I'm like so over the whole like Stewgate thing, like the whole fucking like Stewgate. <laughs> uh, coining the term, by the way, copyright terms, guys. Um, this whole Stewgate thing is starting to get on my nerves because, and they're not helping it any in this movie by fucking continuing to hint at the fact. Cause like the whole throwaway line, throwaway line with Kirby and, uh, um, oh my gosh, Mindy, when they're sitting there, they have their little moment and she's like, that's the TV that killed Sue Mocker. And then Mindy's like, well, if you believe he's actually dead, it's like either fucking say he's alive or fucking just kill him off. I'm over it. Like I'm so over it because then that gives all these like little like stew people more reason to be like, Oh, see, he's alive. I told you he's still alive. And it's just like, okay. Know. I have, I have a theory and we can revisit Ooh, this after okay. Scream seven comes. So it, it was rumored that he was on set for scream six, right? Maybe it was confirmed. Ooh. Everyone said, I think that they filmed i don't think it i it would be interesting if they had filmed his scenes for scream seven while everyone was on set for scream six so that he's not on set for scream seven so there's no rumors that he will be in scream seven (laughs) yeah oh i like that theory (laughs) i don't know i i don't think that's what really happened but it would be smart you could be on to something. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. I just, uh, I'm just kind of over it. Like, I'm just like, I just feel like the logic of that. I just feel like if he was alive, I feel like he would have been mentioned in like the other films. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but I feel like people are holding on to, cause I know the original draft for scream three was Stu was going to be like making this little cult from prison. And so there were going to be like multiple ghost faces after Sydney because of Stu so Stu was supposed to be alive, but then they had to redraw. They had to like rewrite the whole script because of Columbine and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So like they didn't end up going with that. So I feel like that's what most people hang on to is they're like, well, he was technically alive in Scream Three in one of the drafts, and I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. I'm open to it. Like if if he is revealed as one of the killers in a future film, I won't be upset about it as long as like there's a good reason. Like if they can come up with a good reason for having him still alive, I I can buy that. I'll be happy with it. But if they, if it's just like a half-assed reason just to bring him back because people won't shut up about it, I'm not going to be happy. Yeah. I, um, listen, if he shows up in scream seven, I will be screaming in joy, just like everyone around me, you know, (laughs) I'm not going to pretend like I wouldn't be. I don't have a, I don't have a strong preference either way. I think that, by the time a movie gets to part seven, you know, take a liberty like that. It's fine. 
Yeah. But that's it. Yeah. All right. So he was both of our three, correct? Yes. That, yeah. Sorry. And I kind of like, I kind of sidelined your whole. So you go, you explain more why he's your number three. I kind of got off on the whole stew gate thing. And right, right, right. No, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I have this exact same sentiments that you do about Stu. I think he's fucking hilarious. I think of everybody in the whole franchise even even more so than amber i think he has like some of the funniest fucking lines in this whole movie like when he's like you hit me with the phone dick like yeah and i love that that was improvised too because i think he didn't even mean to throw the phone at him because his hands were slippery because of the fake blood so he like threw the phone at him and then he just fucking improvised that when it's just like matthew lillard you're a fucking comedic genius i love you like yeah his whole his whole like vibe is great i think the only reason he's not like number two or number one material is because he's kind of billy's little like patsy he's kind of like yeah. billy's little lap dog and and randy even says it to him in the video story he's like oh you're such a little you're such a little lap dog like that's kind of why he's not higher for me is because he is kind of just like billy's like he's kind of like the charlie if you compare him in the jill and charlie situation yeah billy's the jill and Stu is the charlie which it's just like yeah i don't know but i will say that i i like the fact that Stu doesn't really have a motive because it's like a lot scarier he's just doing it because he wants to as opposed to billy's mm-hmm. doing it out of revenge so i think that's a lot scarier so i yeah. will give him that but yeah number two what's your number two mrs loomis debbie salt i adore adore laurie metcalf i will i love her as an actor in anything it's brilliant casting because she is Aunt Jackie from Roseanne. You're never going to suspect her in a million years. She's silly, lovable Aunt Jackie, you know? I got to see Laurie Metcalf in a Broadway production of Misery. She played Annie Wilkes, (gasps) and she... Bruce Willis was in it as well. He was not great, but she was sensational. Oh, I bet she killed it. The play was... um, It was fine. It was fine. I... It was fine. She was incredible. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. She was remarkable. Uh, she's about to be in The Grey House on Broadway, which is a horror play that I'm very excited. Her Ooh. and Tatiana Maslany from She-Hulk, she's going to yeah. be in it. And I think the little girl from Hereditary is in it as well. Anyway. Oh, Mila Shapiro? Super excited. To see. I believe so. Nice. I might be wrong. Oh, or maybe it's a little girl from um, A Quiet Place. Some creepy oh. little child, some some child from a creepy movie is going to be anyway. <laughs> um, Laurie Metcalf, so remarkable. Like you, that to pull off that white power suit, so, not white power like racism, but like a, a strong white suit. <laughs> yeah, is so. She she looks crazy. Her hair is fucking nuts. Um, the her time as Debbie Salt, she's she's like she's goofy you know and that's why you never take her seriously but i almost feel like she's rubbing gail the wrong way on purpose oh i love it just to get at her i love when gail screams at her and she goes you're right i'm sorry this was the wrong time and she like walks she (laughs) like backs away you know um i don't i I guarantee you she turned around and like went fucking bitch yeah (laughs) as she's walking off she's like yeah i got that fucking cut didn't i (laughs) um I I'll, I talk about it in my upcoming ranking episode this Friday, but like, I don't love the finale of that movie at all. 
except for her performance. Yeah. She is the reason that I believe that these styrofoam rocks could knock somebody down. Like, you know, it's, it's absurd. It's completely (laughs) stupid. You know, Oh, you can't jump over the orchestra pit. That's ridiculous. But Lori Metcalf, I'll let her, I'll let it happen. (laughs) I, she plays it with such sincerity that comes, it makes, it makes the silliness scary. I think when I love her line, when she says, I'm just doing this for good old fashioned revenge. And I can't think of anything more rational than that is so good. Like, great. That's Mrs. Loomis. That is her motivation right there. That's all I need to know is that you killed her son and she's real pissed about it. You know, was that a disparaging remark about my son, about my Billy? (laughs) Randy spoke poorly of Billy and I got a little knife happy. (laughs) I was a good mother. You know what makes me sick? (laughs) I just love her whole, her whole fucking like, her, I think her and Jill are like tied with my favorite fucking like killer motivation monologue thing that they do. That mm. is just so fucking great. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> no, don't be. It's, it's, I mean, they both have these great moments cause Jill beats the shit out of herself, you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, um, I embrace how terrible that set piece is like a set piece as in like, you know, the place where a finale takes place. <laughs> yeah because of laurie metcalf i enjoy watching that scene because of her if it were any other actor i would think it was super lame but she makes it she makes it interesting and exciting for me she really sells it because i i agree with you i on more watches of of scream 2 i do find that last final like set piece a little cheesy the way it's like things are falling and she's like tried to avoid shit and then the, the i will say the styrofoam rocks don't look like styrofoam i always think that i'm like damn those rocks are they fucking look like actual bricks they bounce like, michael they bounce <laughs> I, I mean, they do, but I'm like, they kind of look real, I guess. Listen, I am a professional actor and singer. I have never seen a light board <laughs> backstage instead of in the sound booth. And I've never seen one with a fucking like Frankenstein style, like crank handle. Crank, yeah. It's so dumb. And Sydney uh, just going to town with the axe on the fly system is... is <laughs> fucking being it, uh, Jack Torrance over there. Not how any of this works. This is not how it works. I think it's really, it's off-putting to me. It's cringy when Hollywood tries to show what theater looks like because they never get it right. Never, never, yeah. never, never. And this is a prime example of it. <laughs> it's fucking great, though. Yeah. So do you think and, this is... And listen, I adore Nev Campbell. I think she's a wonderful actor. Yeah, her delivery as Cassandra is not good. <laughs> like if I were sitting in the audience watching that performance, I would be it's Agamemnon, right? I would be completely miserable watching that performance. When she's like, "Fate's vengeful eye is fixed on me." <laughs> yeah. So like, mm. Right, and it's yeah. like Nev Campbell, you are so good at acting natural on camera, so watching you act like you are acting is you you can't you're not doing this like you look it's not good i almost like, kind how of did you get this as a major what was your like what how did you get past an audition for this college <laughs> i almost kind of like that she's not as good in that because it is i'm not saying that you're not a good actor if you if you're on stage or anything but i do feel like there's kind of a difference between stage acting and film acting so i kind of like how she almost kind of goes a little more stage acty with like the whole like Cassandra scene. It's more like 
over the top and dramatic, which I kind of feel like I'm not a stage actor, so maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But I, 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 I have done like filmmaking before, like I've done little movies and I had a friend in high school that she was like a theater person but she wasn't much of an actress when it came to being on film. And I feel like there's a little bit of a difference between being like a theater actor and like an actor actor, like a movie actor. So I kind of, I kind of appreciate the fact that like Nev Campbell goes a little more like ham with like the whole Cassandra thing, just because I just feel like that. I disagree. I don't think that it's stage <laughs> you don't acting. Like it? I think it's bad acting. Like <laughs> that is not how you would perform in a Greek tragedy. And I know I sound like a dick and I'm not the one in movies and I'm not the one who's turning down a horror movie franchise, but like, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just my, I do kind of get what you're saying. Say, all of this yeah. is to say is that Laurie Metcalf makes this movie for me. <laughs> oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, and that's why she's <laughs> I guess my we could say like. Favorite. Oh, for sure, and I think we could say that about Scream Two in general. It has a lot of cheesy moments. The whole fucking cafeteria scene, I don't like at I fa- all. I fast forward it. I can't anymore. I I get secondhand if, if embarrassment. If a man did that to me, I would be out the door be- before he even, he'd turn around and be like singing and tap dancing and I'd be gone and that would be it. That's, that's the end of us. Absolutely not. It's, it's bad. It's bad. The yeah. only reason I buy it and it's because I recently saw someone talk about this. They're like, well, I think the reason why that scene is in there is to make Derek seem like he's like not the killer like he could be the furthest from the killer. And I was like, okay, I can understand why that scene's there for that reason. But that just, that f- scene feels so fucking out of place. Yeah. Also in the original script that leaked, he was one of the killers. Him and, him and Hallie were the original killers. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was when they were both working under Mrs. Loomis. Right. In the, yeah. Ooh, that would have been epic because there would have been three killers in scream two. Yep. Instead of it finally being in scream six. So yeah. that would have been kind of cool. Um, yeah, I, I love that she's your number. I love that we're getting so much love for Mrs. Loomis here today. Because mm-hmm. I've also noticed that a lot of people put Mrs. Loomis pretty low on their list. And I'm like, did we watch the same movie? Is it is it straight people? Is it straight people doing that? It might be. Because I think Laurie Metcalf is for the gays, for sure. <laughs> totally. And she knows it. She's an ally. <laughs> <laughs> she knows it. Um, but uh, so moving on to my number two. It's going to be Billy Loomis. Oh my God. You know what? I'm not surprised. I saw <laughs> this coming. I, yeah. I don't think anybody's. I, I, and I mean, if you guys have been following along for long enough, which I'm assuming you are, Jill Roberts is obviously my number one. And we'll get into that later. But I fucking like talk about how much I love Jill all the time. Whenever people ask me, I'm like, if people are like, who's your favorite? Yes. Jill Roberts. Before anyone wow. can even finish their sentence. They're like, who's your favorite ghost? Jill Roberts. But, um, we're not talking about her yet, but we'll get, so Billy, I really like Billy. Um, I think Skeet Ulrich does a fucking fantastic job playing him specifically like in the third act when he goes like batshit fucking crazy. Like he's more contained with his craziness, but I think Billy's in that scene. Yeah. Stu is like unhinged, but he's like more comedic, comedic, comedic. Sorry. I could not say that word for some reason. Comedic type of unhinged and Billy's more like serious like when he's like has the knife and he's talking about like his motive and stuff like I totally buy it his acting is so good and just the fact that like he has some really iconic kills under his belt like killing Casey Becker and I mean him and Stu both did it but just the fact that like he came up with the whole concept of like using scary movies as like the plot to do this whole thing 
is just so genius to me. And yeah. I, I don't know. I, I really love Billy. I think, like I said, I think he's a really interesting character to kind of break down because you almost wonder if, if, you know, things would have been different had the whole thing with his mom leaving not have happened. Like would him and Sydney still be together today? Would they be like married? Like would this have ever happened? And it's just like kind of interesting to think about that sometimes. Cause like, I don't think Billy was always a psychopath. I think similar to Mrs. Loomis, I think he was turned into one because of like what happened. And I think that makes him kind of a sympathetic character in a way, because you almost kind of feel bad for him. Like when he's giving her his whole like motive about his mom, like abandoning him and stuff like you kind of feel bad for him. And I kind of like that aspect. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're frozen or if you're just like <laughs> not buying what I'm selling, but <laughs> I'm not buying what you're selling. I have a very, I have a very different perspective, like a very different idea of who Billy Lewis is. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, tell, tell us, tell us. All right. Well, wait. So that, that was, was your funny though, because I could not tell if you were frozen or if just... you just were not like buying what I was selling to you. Tearing you down. <laughs> um, all right, so that was your number two, right? That was my number two, yeah. So this is my number one. It's Billy Loomis. Ooh, okay. Well, hello. I do think that he is. Uh, he's always been evil. Look, we don't know Mrs. Loomis before she left him, right? That's we fair. don't know her reasons for leaving. We don't. We we don't. Even, we don't even know her after she left him. We only know her when she starts killing people, right? Yeah. I don't think Billy Loomis was ever a nice person. There's the scene in the in the hallway where he tells Sydney like, "Why won't you just have sex with me? Get o-, like your mom died a whole year ago. Get over it. My mom left too, and it's like fuck off, dude. Like she's grieving, you know. Yeah. And she's like, how old? She's like seventeen, you know. Like she's she's yeah. a child. Um, it's a terrible thing. And like he beds her before he tries to kill her. Like he, yeah." she has this whole time been uncomfortable and not ready to start having sex again. And he fucks her, but he makes sure that he gets it in before his like climax of the movie. He, 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 he makes sure he climaxes before the climax. Hey, I I just, you know, I, I think that, and just his interactions with other people that are not their friend. He's just, um, He's a dick. He's mean to uh, Randy. Randy. I feel like in like his defense, I feel like everybody in this movie is kind of mean to Randy. Like everybody kind of treats Randy like shit, like the punching bag. Even Sydney in some parts treats Randy like he's the fucking punching bag. (laughs) I think I think Jamie Kennedy is adorable in these movies. I keep trying to justify like, would I think that like, would I have a crush on Randy if I went to high school with him? And I just can't get behind it. All those voices, all the accents, all that. No. We might hang out. I think we'd probably hang out, but yeah. um, Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, uh, it's Billy. I think the reason that he gets away with what he's getting away with is his sex appeal. And I think that he really has it. And listen, it's no secret. I have a thing for problematic men. I have the worst taste in men. I know when I used to do stand up, my joke was like, my type is lying substance abusers with a wandering eye. And (laughs) if it's Billy Loomis, add greasy hair and a white t-shirt to it. And we're set. Yeah. Um, so well, and that kind of says to my taste as well, because I find all the fucking killers in this movie minus, um, 
Charlie fucking hot as fuck. Like I would probably fuck yeah. every single one of the killers in the in these movies besides Charlie. Um, I would not fuck Charlie with a wooden pole. Um, <laughs> you and Mrs. Loomis. <laughs> no, just the male characters. <laughs> well, well, and Jill. I'd probably fuck Jill, but that song, "Me and Mrs. Jones." It's me and Mrs. Loomis. We got exactly. a thing going on. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> yeah it's uh i i i think here's this is one of the movies that i wish i could watch for the first time again like the original halloween i wish that i could see that movie because i was a kid when i saw it i wish that i could see it for the first time again and note these reactions because when i was a kid you know i don't think that the impact of him being the killer him you think he's dead and then three minutes later he's not you know those kind of quick moving plot points yeah i think for the year that this came out were extremely monumental you know movies just didn't i mean we all know this we all say this we all say it over and over and over again but do we really hear it that like (laughs) yeah but no do we that the movies that we grew up on are because of this movie and this movie this movie is because of the movies that came before it and i do think that the reason that um i think that scream had a lot to do with my interest in in horror of the past because of all of these references throughout the films and i you know i just heard them drop a name and now i want to see you know i want to see that movie or um you know i wanted to be as quote cool as randy and be (laughs) able to talk about any horror movie and um but yeah back to billy it's uh he's just <laughs> fucking mean you know yeah he's mean and he is scary and yeah i will say like i i can see it from both points like i can see it from your point of view where he's like always been this way because he does have like moments where it's not just with sydney where like with randy in the video store for example like where he gets like really fucking like dark and weird and like so i I can see how he could could always have been that way but i can also see it like maybe this whole abandonment thing turned him into a psychopath so i like to kind of like go back and forth between certain things and be like well he could be it's never because similar to what you said about mrs loomis we don't know a whole lot about billy's past with sydney before this whole thing happened so it's kind of like up to interpretation as far as that goes as well. Like he could have always been a psychotic killer or he could have just been turned into one. And I always kind of think that's like a fun thing to like, think about like in both aspects. So I don't mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just love how you were like, I am not buying what you're selling at all. <laughs> and now I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> I think he was, I think, I think he was a problem child. I think he's always been an asshole. Maybe that's why Mrs. Loomis left because she knew her son was a, you know, it's like, if yeah, but if like... he was such an asshole, would she really have avenged his death like she did? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe. she's a really bad mother. Maybe they're both <laughs> fucking crazy. They are. I mean, obviously they are. <laughs> yeah. Like mother, like son. So, mm-hmm. and like, uh, I guess daughter too, because fucking Sam's pretty nutty too. I mean, yeah. she's not as like, fuck, but she goes to some dark places in Scream 6, which I fucking loved. Not me to get too. on my Scream 6 high horse, but no, I fucking too. loved Sam in this one. Like so much better than five. Oh so great anyway um you have anything else you want to say about billy loomis before no i guess that's the end of our episode thank you so much for having me (laughs) you're funny (laughs) you're funny you're a funny guy (laughs) um but you're not gonna like this obviously because she's my number one but and she will not believe this i i fucking love jill i'm sorry jill roberts is my number one 
her fucking reveal is everything to me. It's like so it's like so out of left field. I remember seeing this movie in the theater like because Scream 4 was the first film I got to see that I was old enough to see in the theater. And I still hadn't I don't feel like I had seen quite enough horror movies to the point where like I called her as the killer because like they set her up so geniusly to be like the new Sydney. And I just love how like I will say I'm not super fond because you were talking about how like you don't like emma roberts as an actress i will say i don't really like her so much as jill before the reveal i think some of her lines are kind of cringy when she's just regular like sydney's niece kind of thing but when she switches into that whole fucking like killer persona oh i buy every fucking minute of it and i love Mm. every i eat that shit up she fed she ate that movie (laughs) she fucking like the whole fucking like back half when she's revealed as the killer it's like one of my favorite scenes in the entire franchise it's probably in my top five like favorite scenes like that whole reveal up to the point where we get to the hospital and just the fact that she's like the only ghost face to get as close as she did to actually killing sydney like that's a feat in itself like if she would have maybe like stabbed sydney like once or twice more she would have killed her like sydney would have been dead and she would have gotten away with it. And the fact that she's like so dedicated to getting away with it, it's like that just like goes to show how insane she actually is. The fact that she self mutilates herself to the point where it's like overkill, where it's almost comedic, <laughs> where you're like, Jesus Christ, like you're going to just like run yourself into everything, aren't you? It's the coffee table for me that's like, okay. We <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fan fucking tastic though. And I like, I just love her. I think she and her motivation like i of all the motives of the killers like i buy hers the most because it's so like true to reality in this day and age like how she talks about like you don't have to do anything to be famous anymore it's kind of true like there's so many people on tiktok these days that are just like mediocre at best but they're getting like hundreds of millions of dollars a year for literally standing in front of a camera doing absolutely nothing and i feel like that's why a lot of people hate on scream for is because it was ahead of the ahead of its time personally um i feel like if this movie would have come out like two years before scream five i feel like this scream four would have been much more highly regarded but Mm. the fact that i feel like it came out like a 10 years before its time i feel like that's why a lot of people don't really give it the credit but i just fucking love jill and i know you were saying earlier that you didn't like the hospital stuff and yeah i will admit to the point that it does feel because originally she was supposed to technically get away with it and we weren't supposed to know whether or not sydney lives or dies until the next movie because that hospital scene was actually tacked on just to have a you know a solid ending but originally i think like the idea that they had pitched for scream six or scream five was that jill was supposed to get away with it she was supposed to like go off to college or something and then she was supposed to be scocked by another ghost face killer that knew what she did huh and i feel like that would have been kind of interesting to actually have her be like the first and only ghost face to actually get away with it right um but back to the hospital scene, I I do feel like it's tacked on, but I also kind of love it because it just shows how dedicated she truly is to her cause. Because she even even when she gets to the point where you like you know that she's not going to get away with this, she's still so fucking delusional in her head that she is that she's yeah. still fucking like I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to shoot up everybody in this fucking hospital if that's what it takes for me to get away with this. Like I fucking love it. She's batshit crazy. She's the best. Hands yeah, down. Isn't it Gail? Gail tells her like you're never gonna get out of this. Like you. <laughs> no, Sydney tells her that she's like Sydney, she's like because okay. she's like she's like 
<laughs> the ending of the movie was supposed to be at the part at the house this is just silly and she's like consider this an alternate ending you're never going to get out of this deal and she's like of course i will <laughs> yeah and just like some of her lines when she's at the hospital too are great too and she's like now get your skinny ass out here when she's talking to gail she's like get up bitch <laughs> it's fucking ah oh. i just yeah i i can't talk more highly about jill she's always going to be my number one for wow. all these reasons that i listed so yeah that's my jill roberts soapbox thank you so much for coming to my jill roberts talk everybody appreciate it God. <laughs> and that's a little like something you lured, about me you, you lured me here and talked to me for an hour and 40 minutes about screen <laughs> just so that you could make me listen to you talk about jill roberts <laughs> well you know you caught me no but no i i do i do love these lists i love how different our lists were too that was the fun part about this i think quite different yeah yeah um and even the ones that we agreed on we had different insight into as well which mm-hmm. was pretty cool too you know we had what two the same we had stew and stew and amber i think and amber yeah 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 that was fun i really or was it roman that we both had as number five? Oh, it was roman it was roman it, it was, was roman, roman and, yeah, uh, and roman. Stu. yeah yeah that this was fun i really enjoyed this thank you for doing this list with me ricky of course. I'm so glad. Thanks for asking me. And I'm so excited to listen to your uh, Scream franchise ranking. Although I know well, that Scream 4 is pretty low because you don't like it that much. But <laughs> I know you're just going to like turn it off 20 minutes in. <laughs> just going to say, I'm just going to skip the part where he trashes Scream 4 for a minute. I don't but... trash it. I, 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 said it, I said it before. There's not a bad movie in this franchise at all. Yeah. Uh, it's just that they're all better than Scream 4. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> they're all great but scream 4 is the worst so um it's i don't know man scream 4 just looks like it was put through an instagram filter and look we got kirby out of scream 4 and i do love kirby so if nothing else you know and we got jill out of scream 4 as well so yeah she also got killed let me ask you you believe that okay (laughs) she got shot in the she got shot in the chest but she didn't get shot in the head and if we are really going by this plot armor this insane ridiculous amount of plot armor that these characters have nowadays she Mm. could still be alive so what do you want for (laughs) what do you what do you want in scream seven give me a couple like a couple predictions or desires i'm i'm like mixed on the whole nev campbell coming back because i would love to see sydney come back um for scream seven that was the thing about scream six. Like, yes, like it was obvious that she, that she was missing, but like, I didn't miss her. If that makes sense. Like, I wasn't like, Oh, I miss her. Like, Oh, this sucks without her. Not necessarily. I wouldn't be sad if they brought her back. Um, I would also think like kind of tightening up the writing a little bit, because I think the biggest thing that I had with scream six was the insane amount of plot holes. Like there's certain things like the whole subway scene with Ethan and um, Mindy, like, what is he putting on that show for? Like when he's trying to save Mindy's life, like there's no one else in that subway car. Uh, Chad and all of them are in a separate subway car. So what is he like trying to save her for? He could have just easily left her to bleed out in that subway car. It's just certain things that they don't think about hmm. when they're doing this. And the same thing that I had problems I had with scream five with like certain things, like with like certain things that characters would say regarding past movies. Like there's that whole opening scene where he's quizzing Tara on the stab movies. And he talks about how like Sydney's in every single film, except for the last one. And it's like, no, because in scream four, when Marnie and 
um jenny are talking about the stab movie she's only in the first three and the rest of it. Mm. So it's like, did you do your homework before you wrote this script? Like, th- and those are wow. like little glaring inconsistencies, but I would, I would say like sharpen up the writing just a little bit with certain things, like really think about like certain plot points to make them make sense because that does overall kind of bring down my experience a little bit. Like scream six is still fucking great. I loved it. I thought it was great, but those plot inconsistencies to me were kind of the thing that kind of like was like, ugh, I don't like that. Hmm. And also fucking quit giving these people insane amount of plot armor. Fucking have the balls to kill some of these characters off. Personally, I think Chad should have died. I love Chad. <gasps> I love his character. I, I do. I'm sorry. Either Chad or Mindy. One of them should have fucking died. In no, six. listen, one, I, I it's going to have to happen in seven. I, I would have preferred think. if Mindy died out, to be honest with you, because she was, this is unpopular opinion. She didn't annoy me by any means but she was the same character that she was in scream five no she, she was not kind of she was doing the whole like requel speech again she was like but she did have some funny lines oh you was... mean like randy did in one and two <laughs> i mean yeah but like i don't know i felt like chad actually had like huge character development from like five because i didn't really know anything about chad in five i didn't really care for chad in five right you, you think... didn't you didn't realize you cared about chad until he got until you thought he got killed yeah and exactly. then it's and then and then when he gives the thumbs up, you're like, oh, thank God. But like, what? I didn't care about this kid, this whole movie. <laughs> right. So I don't know. And I found myself like rolling my eyes in the scene at the end of Scream 6 when he's like, we got a live one. And I was like, oh, my God, really? No, I like the parallels that they're doing. You know, like that parallels Dewey, you know, the, it's like the same line or, yeah, um, you know, like the fact that it took place in the theater when Scream 2 took place in the theater. It's, you know. So that leads me to leads me to look to Scream Three, yeah, to try to see what they're gonna do in Scream Seven. I don't, you know, I'm not gonna spend the next year or so <laughs> trying to figure out is it gonna be a family thing? Like, here's the thing: we have not seen Sam and Tara's mother. That's all. true. That was actually one of my what my friend said. The one that I went yeah. and saw this movie with. Actually, I saw this with a group of people, but the one I was sitting directly next to. That was one of his theories. He's like, "What if it's their mom?" And I'm like, yeah. "It could be." Well. She was out, what, out of town for the entire last movie? <laughs> yeah. Your kid is in the hospital, attacked in your home, and you can't just, I don't know, be there? <laughs> She's like, I'm sorry, honey. I'm on a spa retreat in Paris right now. I cannot be home to take care of you. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I um, I do think it's probably time to start gearing up to maybe say goodbye to Gail. And here's, yeah. all right. I'm, I'm just going to give my little theory spoiler that I say it on my episode Friday also. I think that the opening scene needs to be Gail answering the phone and it's Ghostface. And then she fucking kills Ghostface in the opening scene. And you're like, what the fuck? What's the rest of the movie going to be about? Gail just killed the killer. That would be kind of dope. That's all I got. I have nothing else after that. I just think it would be really cool. I do have to say it was fucking iconic as fuck. But this was the first time Gail's ever gotten a call from Ghostface. Cause I never thought about that until they brought it up to my attention in the movie. And I was like, Oh fuck, you're right. She has never gotten a phone call. Yeah. She technically would have if Randy wouldn't have answered it in two. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, that is kind of interesting. Like, I've never thought about that. Yeah, I hadn't either. So I think they say that in the trailer, but I didn't watch any of the trailers for this either. Um I, I saw watched... like the first teaser where it's them on the subway. That was yeah. the first and last thing I saw, and I knew because when five came out, I didn't watch that trailer either. 
So when they revealed that it was all taking place in Stu's house, I was genuinely surprised because I hadn't watched the trailer. I'm so happy that you got to be surprised because that was ruined for me. So uh, yeah, I, I will never understand why they would have done that. But yeah, because it was all right. As someone who didn't know it was coming, it yeah. was a really cool surprise. <laughs> well, and I don't want to just blame that on marketing. I also kind of blame Kevin Williamson, whoever posted that post on Instagram, because there is a post with Kevin Williamson in front of the Stu Mocker house. Like the set is in the background yeah. behind him and people picked yeah. up on that as well. And I was like, why would you post that? Like, yeah. why would you post that with that? Because obviously scream savvy people that have seen these movies a million times are obviously going to pick up immediately. Oh, that's Stu right. Mocker's house. Like, yeah. So I'm glad that that wasn't ruined for you. It was ruined for me. I knew it before going in. So I was like, okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think as far as like scream seven goes, I think those are the things that I think they need to be better about doing. And also, like, I can appreciate the fact that they're kind of paying homage to the films that came before, but I'm kind of like, they need to do something a little bit different. Sometime. I think this movie was heading in that direction, right? Yeah. Maybe. Back, where do you, th- all right, where do you think the next one will take place? Hmm. Do we do, like, do we just move from big city to big city? Like, we've hit Hollywood, we've hit New York. What about, like, Ghostface in Vegas? Ghostface <laughs> in London? An American ghost cool. face in London or like ghost face in Tokyo. <gasps> that would be ghost cool. face on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> ghost face in space. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't be too far fetched. We've had Jason in space. So. And leprechaun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and leprechauns in the hood too. So, yeah. you know, the tagline could be in space. No one can hear you. Dot, dot, dot. Cause scream it's called seven. scream. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's actually genius um god i really need to make a phone call <laughs> kevin <laughs> call us up kevin let, yeah yeah let us let us be a part of this movie we've got some ideas for you um i i kind of had this idea and this might be a little too much like i know what you did last summer but i kind of have and nobody take this idea i'm saying this on film right now or not on film but i'm saying this on record right now i have a plan to do a short film similar to this so i kind of want to do like a opening scream film scene just for the fuck of it but set it up as if like everything that's happening in the movie once you get to like the end scene where the character is about to die it's revealed that all the characters were playing a prank on this character and somehow this character ends up getting killed because of it like by accident so then it almost kind of turns into i know what you did last summer where they're like oh shit we have to cover this up because now we're gonna get you know and so then ghostface comes back after them like knowing like what they did or something like that I know it's that like, probably is like too on the nose of I know we did last summer, but I always kind of thought that would be kind of a fun opening. It's kind of, it's like prom night meets scream. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I'd watch that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was fun. Any other, any other thoughts before we end the episode? Anything else you want to add or anything? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I said everything I needed to say. I um, think so. Yeah. But uh, would you like to plug your podcast in one last time before we go? Yeah, sure. Rick or okay. Treat Horrorcast. New episodes every Friday. Uh, you can follow the pod on Instagram at Rick or Treat Pod. You can follow me, Ricky, just myself, at Rick, the letter R, Treat. There's no O in or. And um, I'm, I'm launching a website soon. It'll be rickortreat.com. And you can read my reviews for films at spoilerfreereviews.com. And I am a contributing author to Rue Morgue. So check out my um, publications for Rue Morgue magazine at rue-morgue.com. 
He's kind of a big fucking deal, guys. You're kind well, of a I'm big not deal. not yet, but I'm working on it. I didn't get a personal invite to Scream. I was a plus one, <laughs> but I'll take what I can get. You still, I mean, you still got to see it before everyone else did. So that's a, that's a pretty good accomplishment, I think. And I think you're doing great. I think your podcast is fucking great. I think you're just a great person in general, Ricky. And I, I'm so glad that our paths crossed. And I'm glad Thanks, to sweet cheeks. You. I think you're the bee's knees. Yeah, Thank me too. Thank you. You're, you're my your show is you're wonderful. you're my Jill Rob. You're the Jill Roberts to my uh, <laughs> or I'm the Jill Roberts to your Billy Loomis, I guess. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even you're like I fucking can't stand Jill, but yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> but, I like uh, you more than I like Jill. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> You're like, I should hope so. I adore you. I would hope so, yeah. (laughs) But um, yeah, so before we head out of here, you can find me at the We Love Horror Podcast on Instagram. I also have a TikTok. And I have a new YouTube channel called Anything and Everything Horror, where I just talk about everything and anything horror as well. So check me out on there. Like, subscribe, comment. Um, Yeah, and you can find me anywhere that you stream podcasts. And thank you again, Ricky, for coming on. This was a fucking blast. Yes, it was. And uh, we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.